the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. This is a great feast that we have before us. I'll try and keep the homily short since we've had such already a feast of theological words in the Lamentations and in all of the hymns. So my only goal with this homily is to underscore two points. One was made in the Epistle and one was in the Gospel. And they're very, very related when it comes to this feast and the importance of what we are proclaiming about the Theotokos in this feast. And it's strange to call it a feast because it's the remembrance of a funeral. But how the Gospel ends is what is so, so important for us to keep in mind about what was so miraculous and what was so unique and special about the Mother of God, about Mary. And it is that she, when our Lord says, yea, but rather are those who keep the Word, those are the ones who are blessed. We often hear this somehow with our, if we're unfamiliar, though many of you who have sat in these chairs in this parish have heard me make this same point, but it's very, very important to remember this point, that it's not really a rather as in a rebuke, but it's a yes and. That's what the word in Greek is supposed to be translated as, yes and. It's not an exclusion of that who is being referred to, namely the mother of God, but an amplification of the words of that woman who proclaims, blessed are the breasts which nurse you. And he amplifies that and says, yeah, but what is more important is that it's those who have kept my word. And it's the mother of God who kept his word in her heart silently from even before the angel Gabriel kept and came to her and told her of what it is. She kept all of that hidden in her heart. And that was her sanctification. And that sanctification has a certain form and shape. It's the form and shape of Christ's very life. So even unto death, as the epistle says, as Christ was even obedient unto death, she followed in that footsteps. It was she died because her son had died. But what is most precious is the second part of what I had said earlier. It's not just her dormition that we are remembering, but her translation into heaven. And as the Apolitikia, the hymn that we keep repeating and hearing, the calling her the mother of life, was translated into life, and we heard it through the Lamentations many times, that it is our Lord himself who vouchsafed and gave his power over death to her. He didn't wait for the, neck, for the age to come, but he treated her with the reverence that was due to a mother, due to his mother. And so he gave her the reward of keeping his word immediately almost. She was buried and the apostles gathered around her tomb when they didn't gather around Christ's tomb. They had learned their lesson, you could say, but they were also radically changed after the resurrection. Now they had a courage which was beyond understanding. They gathered even amidst persecution. They gathered to give honor to the mother of their God. 
And this translation into heaven is what we are remembering because she followed Christ so closely that just as he only spent a few days in the tomb before his resurrection, and then he spent some time among his disciples and apostles teaching them in that blessed season before his ascension, she died, was buried, and shortly then on, she was translated into heaven. And we know this because not actually all of the apostles were at the burial, were at the funeral. St. Thomas, just as he had missed out on our Lord's uh, first appearance to the apostles, also misses out on this funeral. But just as he was used even more powerfully as a proof of the resurrection, he was also used by our Lord as proof of the fruits that God bore in her, namely her translation to heaven. He longed so much to see her one last time that he asked that the stone be rolled back, that the grave be opened, and she was not there. So it's because Thomas was not there that even more proof. This is really Thomas the Apostle's role <laughs> in the scriptures and in the church holding this and passing on the story of the Theotokos, our mother's burial. So it's important because she followed him in every way, even as herself obedient unto death, obedient unto the nature that needed to be redeemed, that even the death that we deserve could become transfigured into the doorway, into the kingdom of heaven. She who was the door to that life entering us enters into the kingdom of heaven and leads the way following her son for us. So if we can ask for her intercessions and ask for her prayers in some small way, we can follow our Lord as well, just as she does. She's the exemplar saint, the one who we can look to and see this is how it can be done. And this is the form of life that can be imprinted into our life, into that experiential way that she experienced. She died just like anyone else will die. And then our Lord took her soul by his own hands and her very body itself and took her with him into heaven, just as our Lord promises will happen to all of us faithful Christians. So by the intercessions of the Theotokos, as we continue the celebration of this feast, may we have her intercession. And may that seal and that form that was in her life be applied to ours as well. Amen.